time um, would really be insightful for our lives and we could live lives that are honouring to you and worthy of you and just kind of take steps in the wisdom that you share with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thank you, Craig. Good morning, ABC Church. Now, I'm just looking around because it's hard to find intelligent people today. <laughs> just um, I'm looking for a sort of like uh, somebody that well, you were brave coming up here, dobbing your sister in, I thought. That was. So, would you come and help me this morning? Sing your brave? Yeah. Brave and intelligent. <laughs> what happened to that microphone? Oh, here. Okay. Sit on that seat for me, face everybody, because they need somebody good to look at. So just say your name again. Georgia. Georgia. Okay, and how old are you, Georgia? Eleven. Eleven. Woo, that's two legs. Every time they see you walk, they know you're eleven. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you some things, and then I'm going to say something which I want you to repeat. Okay with that? Okay, so the first thing is... If you could just hold that, please. And the second thing is, if you could hold that, please. And the third thing is, is, not that, is, well, you could pull that. Just keep pulling, keep, oh, okay. Okay, so thank you for holding these and showing them to everybody. Get them like this. Okay, so this is what I want you to repeat after me, Georgia. Mr. Ashby has three ropes. Mr. Ashby has three ropes. Can you say that even louder, please? Mr. Ashby has three ropes. Mr. Ashby has a short rope. Mr. Ashby has a short rope. Mr. Ashby has a middle-sized rope. Mr. Ashby has a middle-sized rope. And good-looking Mr. Ashby has a long rope. <laughs> Okay, so you now just need to watch. Georgia, I'm going to put all these three ropes together, bring all the ends up so that they're all the same, just up there, and so that you can see all the ends are just up there like this. Now, can you remember those three things I asked you, or those words? Mr. Ashby has three ropes, a short rope, a middle-sized rope, and a long rope. Can you say all that? Mr. Ashby. Ashby has three ropes. One small rope, one middle-sized rope, and one long rope. Okay, say that once more, but really loud. Mr. Ashley has three ropes. One short rope, one middle-sized rope, one long rope. Okay, watching very carefully. <laughs> Mr. Ashby has three ropes. <laughs> <laughs> So could you just repeat what you said? Mr. Ashby has three ropes. Mr. Ashby has three ropes, one short one, one middle-sized one, and one long one. Give her a clap. <laughs> Thank you, George. Okay, now you're thinking about, uh, did he fool her, him, them, what? Let me sort of show you. Um, I don't know whether you've ever noticed that there's some short people in the world. There are some middle-sized people in the world, and there are people who play basketball. <laughs> there are skinny people in the world. There are middle-sized people in the world. 
And there are other people that have lots to love. <laughs> so if I put them all together and I bring all the ends of their lives together as such, all so that they're all the same, and I ask you to clap at the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. <laughs> now I have three ropes. Three ropes exactly the same. And I wanted to show you that because God loves everybody in the world exactly the same, whether they're short, whether they are middle size, or whether they are tall. No matter who they are, what they are, where they are, God's love is always the same to every human being in the world. And I want you to remember that key bit of wisdom as we start exploring some of these things. All right, to show you and explain this picture that's on the screen right now, some of you may have been across that bridge. It's rather newish. Um, it was built by Mr. Edgar. Um, he was a very wealthy man, and it cost a million dollars to build that bridge across the Kawara River, and it's very close to the bungee jump, but you'll only get it if you walk, see it if you're walking or cycling. It's on a cycling trap track and uh, a few weeks back Wanda and I were, were cycling and we came across this bridge and you can see it's a swing bridge so it can move and you can see uh, some people riding it across there <clears throat> it's not us but uh, we rode across it other people get off and walk their bikes very carefully because they don't want to fall off and into the river now the river's probably I reckon about 80 meters below that bridge so you've got to be careful nobody wants to fall off a bridge that is 80 meters high but we, we cycled across it, Wanda and I, and really enjoyed that. And then I said to her, you know what? I'm going to video this and send it to our family so that they can see just how dangerous uh, we are living and just uh, how capable we are. And so uh, I was about to go and my wife, being full of wisdom, said, <clears throat> I think you're stupid. Why would you want to pedal across that bridge trying to film it? I said, just so that the kids see that, like, whoa, look at the bridge. It's quite amazing. And look how far it is. I hope Dad doesn't come off. And Wanda said, well, what if you do come off? I said, well, you won't get the footage. <laughs> and uh, she said, what if you drop your phone and it bounces on the bridge and falls into the river? I said, well, you won't get the footage. I mean, I'm full of intelligence, right? Correct. So I lined up this bridge, and I knew that she was not smiling, just thinking like, what an idiot, sort of. And so it was a very bright day, beautiful day. I had to take my sunglasses off and concentrate, got the phone down and ready to go. And I wanted to complete the things without any incidents whatsoever, because I didn't want to not be here to tell you a story. And uh, so I actually completed, got right across the bridge. And when I got to the other side, I went to see it. Couldn't actually see it because the sun was so bright. So I just stuck it in my pocket. And when I got home, this is what I saw. My wife was right. <laughs> I am stupid. If you could switch that over now, we'll, <laughs> we'll get back to the bridge. And um, 
I was embarrassed when I saw that, and now you're probably thinking, well, I'm doubly stupid. Firstly, now everybody in this church knows that I've got a spare tyre that needs to be worked off. And why would you actually want to show that to anybody anyway? Has that been switched yet, gentlemen? Oh, why is it not up there? Oh, okay. Oh, because it's on there. I do. I know why that's got to go in. Yeah, there's always somebody in the crowd, isn't there? There we go. Ta-da! Yeah. Oh. Okay, I confess that I've done some stupid things, and that's the only story you're going to get out of me today about how stupid I am. But I probably thought if I could actually really laser in on your brain so that I could actually read your brain, how many of you would actually ever confess? Well, let's have a test. Have you ever done anything stupid? Whoa, I noticed men's hands went up very quickly. And then the woman said, well, I suppose I could confess if he can, if he can see my brain. Stupid. I have a cure for stupid. It's the book of Proverbs. It's an incredible book about great wisdom. And I'm glad this church has been going through it because what the last three Sundays have proven is that there is incredible deep wisdom in the book of Proverbs, whether it's coming from this, it's almost like a lady wisdom, this wise, wise woman. It's being taught by King Solomon, but he puts it in this language like, you know what, it's your mother or your grandmother or your great-grandmother teaching you, so listen up. And yet, when Warren uh, uh, taught us about uh, the justice of God from the book of Proverbs, it was absolutely fascinating. And last week, when Ron shared about lies, it was, again, deeply insightful for the words that we might not use lies, but we might use like half-truths or tricking or language that sort of nullifies it, but it's still a lie. So this morning, I've been given the subject that uh, hopefully... uh, you'll find absolutely interesting. But before I put a verse up on the Bible, I wanted to, up on the screen, I wanted to read a verse. And if you have a Bible, before I put it there, I want you to read it from your Bible in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. If you've got your phone and you've got your tablet and your app and all that sort of get there, Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2. Because... It's a fascinating insight about those people that will study the book of Proverbs. This is what it says. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. So let me put that up on the screen. And partly explain it. I don't think it really needs explaining, but... Maybe just for some. The first part, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. There are many things in this world we don't know. We can never figure it out. Because those things will one day reveal the glory of God. They'll reveal the brilliance, the majestic, the wisdom, the incredible insights that God had even before the world was created. And one day all glory will be given to God for the things that we don't understand but Until that time, to search out a matter is the glory of small K kings. 
When you study the Bible, you are royalty. When you seek the wisdom from above that is in this book, you are like the princes of Israel sitting before the wisest man that has ever talked, their dad, or like their mother or grandmother or great mother's grandmother's teaching them. Every time you read a verse and it speaks to you, God's wisdom is speaking into your heart about that matter because you are royal blood. I love it. I love it that every time you seek out God's wisdom and you read the Bible to your family, God is saying to you, you are a young king in progress. I will bless and I will honor and you will lead. So in Proverbs, it's incredible. 111 times the word wisdom is mentioned. And you can see Proverbs has verses or wisdom for fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, men and women, the righteous and the wicked, teachers and students, workers and the lazy, the rich and the poor, friends and enemies. You will notice that daughters don't need much advice. (laughs) But if you're a father here, there are 22 verses in the book of Proverbs specifically written for you. If you are a daughter, there is one verse, find it, and tell me what it is next week. If you're a child, there are 18 verses specifically written for you in the book of Proverbs. If you are a woman, there are 17 verses. If you are righteous, there are 76 verses. If you are a teacher, there's 11 verses. If you are lazy, there are 17 verses talking about you. If you are rich, there's 26 verses. If you're poor, there's 34. If there's 14, there's friends. If you're a friend, you've got friends, there's 14 verses for you. And if you've got enemies, there's six verses for them. Now, look at this. If you are a father, a husband, righteous, and you're lazy, and yet you're rich, add up all those verses, and they're written just for you. Likewise, if you're a mother and a woman, and you're wicked, and you you work, and yet you're poor, there are so many verses in the book of Proverbs just for you. I'm glad this church has encouraged you to get into the book of Proverbs. I will guarantee that if you as a family are reading through the book of Proverbs, there is a great discussion nearly every night. What did that mean? What did that say? Whoa, that describes me. Boy, if you want a good discussion after a meal, put the dishes aside and just open the book of Proverbs. Apparently, you should be up to chapter 22 by now, because Craig encouraged us if there's 31 days in January, there's 31 chapters in, in Proverbs, and today's the 22nd day, so we're up to chapter 22. So looking at all those verses there, I can guarantee that some of you will say, well, clearly some of the verses in Proverbs are for me, because I know there's men here, I know there's women here, I know there's children here, I know there's sons here, I know there's daughters here. But if I were to ask you, who are you really? you'd probably go, I wonder what he means by that. But I would just grab the microphone and come on down and walk and give you the microphone. Just tell us who you are. I wonder what you'd choose. Whether you'd tell people that you're a husband or whether you'd tell tell everybody that you're a woman or whether you'd tell somebody that you're a teenager and you're at school. I wonder what you'd say. Actually, I can answer that question for all of you. (laughs) It might seem strange. He doesn't know me. Yes, I do. This is what Proverbs tells me. This is who I am. This is you. You are made up 
of the influences and inputs from parents, peers, education, culture, nationality, religion, Bible, outsiders, geography, and media. You, whoever you are, are the sum of those influences. You are also the sum of those ignorances. For example, if you ignore some of those things on that screen, then you are a person that is less them. So looking at them, ask yourselves, which ones give you wisdom? Be careful, I just might come and ask. You can imagine the sadness that we feel, not because we're better than anybody else, but for any family in this country or any individual that doesn't have the Bible as an influence, their worldview is going to be so different and sometimes in opposition to what we and who we believe because they do not have the wisdom of Scripture. They don't have God's words inputting, investing in their lives. <clears throat> Some people don't have education. Some people don't have peers or friends. Or they've got the wrong peers or friends. And those influences are making an impact on them. You see, your mind was designed to believe everything that was fed to it. So be wise about what influences you and you allow to teach you or to educate you. If your mind was designed to believe everything, then feed it faith, feed it truth, feed it love, and feed it hope. Those are some of the things that will make anybody a better person, undeniably. So the way of wisdom works. It's quite simple, really. You listen to it. You accept it. And you obey it. That might sound very simplistic, but that's what Solomon is teaching his sons and daughters and anybody that will read the wisdom that would be written 3,000 years ago and now we're reading it again today. How much of it do you listen to? Have you listened to it at all since it was begun and being introduced in January by Craig? What you've read, what you've heard, have you chosen to obey that? You'll be wiser if you've done that. Likewise, this is how stupid works. You listen, you reject, and you defy. I hear you, but I don't agree. I'm not going to do it. That's how stupid works, especially if you're on a bridge and you're on a bike and say no more. So let's test this out. Whether you listen, accept, and obey, listen, reject, and defy. Here's one verse. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. What do you think that's saying? Anybody? What do you think that's saying? Just come on up, be brave. What do you think that one proverb is saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right, no. None of us are an island. We are all are a result of things that we've been taught from the day that we were children, from our Sunday school teachers, Bible class teachers, from our school teachers, from everything. And the things 
that we hold on to, that instruction, how what makes us. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Ian is right. Whatever your education is, whether it's in the classroom, or whether it's on the paddock, or on the farm, or at home, around the table, instruction is really, really good. Kids, I don't know whether you realise that when mum and dad say no, they're actually giving you instruction that they, they believe that what you've asked for isn't good for you. And they're trying to set boundaries because they know that across those boundaries it's really dangerous for you. I know that as a kid, you don't really agree with mum and dad and you're thinking like, how come they're so thick? How come they don't know so much? Everything I ask them, they seem to say no. They're actually most likely saying no because they love you and they don't want you to get into trouble. And Proverbs is saying, guard their wisdom. Hear it. Listen. Recognize it. And obey it. And you'll be wise. To reject it. To walk away, you'd be foolish. What about this one? Better a small serving of vegetables than a fattened calf with hatred. Woo. Ooh. Ooh. Is that really saying love your vegetables? <laughs> I actually reckon it is. The older you get, kids, listen up. The older you get, you realize you should have eaten more vegetables. Because probably if you're going to the doctor a lot and there's something's wrong on the inside, it means that it hasn't had the minerals, it hasn't had the goodness that's grown from the earth into the vegetables then in into you. If you're just keeping eating one certain type of food, you're going to get sick later on. Who would have thought that 3,000 years ago, before there were really even doctors, that Solomon's wisdom would say, value a small serving of vegetables. Now, kids, okay, tell mum and dad. The, the Bible said small. <laughs> <laughs> but do eat your vegetables. It's far better than having a feast or a big, huge lot of meat with people that hate you. You'll never enjoy that. You might think you will. But surround yourself with great friends and great vegetables. What about this one? Better the wounds from a friend than the kiss from an enemy. Hmm. Anybody want to uh, uh, say something about that? Or maybe, maybe I can because then I'm not picking on anybody in particular. Ever had advice you didn't want to get? Somebody come up to you and said, you know what? You're not treating your wife very well. Or, you know what? Your husband works really hard. You should respect him more. Or, you know what? You should eat your vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> it might seem crazy, but sometimes the things you don't want to hear, those wounds from a friend, are trying to stop you from being killed. By worse advice, a kiss from an enemy, huh. well, we would use words like flattery, boosting an ego that you actually ain't got, but you think you're better than you are. So listen to people from this church. Listen to the wisdom from your elders, your church leaders, your parents, your teachers. They are wanting to give you the best advice to make you the best person in the world. Here's what I'm trying to say. Accepting wisdom makes you a better person. That is a promise out of Proverbs. But that proverb, 
those wisdom words aren't always fulfilled. And so how can it be a promise? Well, maybe I need to change my language. Nearly every verse in Proverbs is a principle. It's a principle that do that, the best things will be the outcome. And you will be a better person. For example, that verse in Proverbs chapter 22, train up a child in the way it should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. How come so many kids walk away from the Christian faith? How many kids grow up in a church and then walk away from God? I tried to instruct them. I tried to give them wisdom. I tried to love them. We sang. I heard them being part of church life. And I've trained them in the way they should go. And when they're old, they're not departing. How come they've gone away? It's not a promise. Because they have a brain. They have a mind. Not that it's brainwashed, but hopefully it's been washed from everything that would contaminate them and destroy them. It's a marvellous principle. Imagine if you don't train the child in the way it should go. It's going to go any, every other way and create even more grief and sadness to you because rejecting wisdom makes you a foolish person. Who wants to be around fools? Who wants to be around people that talk stupid, that do stupid, that are stupid? King Solomon was so concerned about his sons, even though he had mentioned wisdom 111 times in these verses in the book of Proverbs, he made sure that 72 times the word fool would be written because he wanted them to understand there are consequences to your decisions. I'm giving you the environment of parents, of education, of wisdom. You're Jewish. You've got history. We've got geography. We've got God. We've got the scriptures. You've got all those that are influencing you. But if you reject them, you will be considered a fool. And so here are some of the verses that talk about what fools do. They despise wisdom and instruction. They hate knowledge. They invite ruin. They detest turning from evil. They're deceived. They're hot-headed. They despise their mothers. They're godless. They bring grief to their fathers. They have corrupt lips, and they're quick to quarrel. That's only a selection out of the 72 verses that describes fools. How do you recognize a fool? King Solomon tells us. He tells us that it's their mouth, it's their lips, it's their tongue that betrays them every time. They talk rubbish. What comes out is junk. What they say isn't worth listening because they've rejected wisdom and now they're trying to do and say something that is just shocking and it's horrible, it's going to absolutely destroy them. I think what Solomon is saying all through Proverbs, words matter. They really do. We all know that a foolish person uses words to hurt. Ever seen somebody shaking their fist, but they're not shaking their fist? They're actually spitting out. It's like a fist is coming out from their mouth. They're using violent words, arrogant words, horrible words, dirty words, deceitful words. They're a fool. When an adult speaks like that in front of a child, it's like you are choking the very essence of life at them because they are hearing every word. And if they hear a fool, they just might repeat it. Every word, that, every bullet that comes out of a gun, the moment you've squeezed that trigger, you cannot stop it. It's going to cause damage. What comes out of your mouth that's foolish, that's horrible, that's terrible, and it's going to hurt, it will always do damage. You can't bring it back. It will always wound. Proverbs says, a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. 
A wise person uses words to heal. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Ever had somebody just come up and say something just so encouraging you at the right time? They may not have hugged you with their arms, but they've just hugged you with words. Thank you. I just needed that right now. It was an encouragement. You lifted my heart. I'm walking taller. I've got to skip in my step because somebody just blessed them with kind, gracious words. Isn't that what we do when we pray? We may not know the outcome of our prayer, but wisely we're putting what we're requesting into God's hands, asking him to deliver grace, asking him to heal the hurts, asking him to do greater things than we'd ever seen. In the Bible, the word fool doesn't actually signify that a person is ignorant. In other words, just because somebody does something stupid or crazy or or they're dumb doesn't mean that they're a fool. Now, I would highly recommend you never, never lean back with a firearm tucked under your butt. I'll guarantee somebody will pull you out if you're supposed to be wearing a mask somewhere if you've got a crocheted mask. I do not recommend you go diving with LPG. And I definitely don't advise that you let your kids kiss a pig. That is just stupid. That's just dumb. That's just crazy. When the Bible talks about fools, it's talking about people that knows exactly. They're not ignorant. Take this beautiful story. The prodigal son. Dad, give me my money. I know how much I'm going to get when you're dead, but I want it now. I hate the farm. I hate everything here. I want my money because I want to live my life. Now, Some of you are considering what a stupid dad. He said, all right. Here it is. And the kid goes away and destroys his life. He's got an ego. He's flattered by people that are saying, you are amazing. Can we come with you and eat where you are and drink what you're drinking and stay where you are? And without, you knew exactly what was going to happen. That kid's going to waste every cent. And he did. He gets a job in a pigsty. At least the Bible's honest when it says, when he came to his senses, he looked up and he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven. Now, that's an incredible insight. You see, what that dad had taught that son is wisdom. The son rejected it. He was not ignorant. He knew exactly that he had gone against the many proverbs that his father had taught him. A foolish son will be an embarrassment to his father. A foolish son will reject his mother. A foolish son will destroy the land. Everything in Proverbs that talks about what a son shouldn't do, that bad son, that foolish son did. What that son had done was walked away from God. But he had enough in him. He had enough seed, enough truth, enough words to look up from his pigsty. And so I've sinned against heaven. Enough foolishness, but enough truth. If just my dad will take me home. He comes home. And there is that incredibly, you thought he was a stupid dad, but there's a wise dad. I'm not going to let anything ever come between me and that broken son. And he runs to him, he greets him, he hugs him, and he kisses him. And the reason he did that is because everybody else is sitting at the village gate ready to stone that wayward boy. Because Proverbs says, take the life of a boy that destroys his parents. But his dad runs and throws his arms around. You throw a stone, you hit me. I love this boy. In my wisdom, I forgive him. 
Wow, that is a powerful, powerful story about wisdom. You see, in the Bible, a fool is someone who has rebelled against God. A fool is someone who rejects God's wisdom. Come to the New Testament, you ignore Jesus Christ, you walk away from him, you walk away from his beauty, his power, his words, his forgiveness, his grace. You are a fool because what is waiting for you is absolutely destructive. That's exactly what Jesus said. Anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came, the floods came up, the wind blew, and the house stood firm. Likewise, anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the floods came up, and the house crashed, and his life and everything he had was destroyed and ruined. That's the incredible thing. God knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows every conversation. Did you know, according to Malachi chapter 3, verse 16, every conversation between Christians is recorded in heaven? Whew, well, that might change what I want to say to that person today or next week. Maybe I need to use wise words. Maybe I need to think about what I say before I say it. So if I'm asking you today, who are you, a wise person or a foolish person? I wonder what you'd actually say. Have I exposed your foolishness? Have you rebelled against some things of God? Or are you wise to be following, doing your best to be the person that God wants you to be, to grow and love Him and to grow and love the Lord Jesus Christ and to hear the words of Jesus which can bring eternal life. That's why these things have been written, says the last verse in the Gospel of John, so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and believing you'd have life in His name. To reject the wisdom and words from the Bible and in particular to reject the words and wisdom from Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth and the life, that would be foolish because eternal destruction and Awaits. So, whether you are short or of medium build or tall, whether you have a small education, a middle-sized education, or you've got a degree, whether you're any shape, size, colour of skin, culture, no matter who you are, God loves you all. He sent a son to die for you. He asks you to believe, to trust him, to give him your life. It's the wisest thing you could ever do. If you've never done that, the Bible says that him who lacks wisdom, well, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given him. I can tell you one thing else that when you ask God for wisdom, when you ask God for the ability to believe and trust Jesus Christ, you'll get another gift that's free. It's called eternal life. And no matter when you die, whether because you've done something stupid or foolish or dumb or idiotic, eternal life is guaranteed because you believe in the wisdom of Christ and the wisdom from the Bible. So keep reading the book of Proverbs. Music team, thank you.